0: Who loves the Word of God? Anybody, anybody, anybody. I got, I got somebody that loves the Word of God. I mean, I love the Word of God. And if you haven't been here the past just several Sundays with Pastor Eddie's teaching, it's just been remarkable. And I want to just say something personally to you. I hope you don't get too offended, but don't get too spoiled with what you get. I mean, you got something great in Pastor eddie and amanda turner i'm telling you what we receive every sunday yeah go ahead go ahead what we receive every sunday in the teaching of god's word right here is really world class um i don't say that lightly i i could name drop i don't want to do that that's like a big you know name drop you know but I've, I've had the honor of being around some very very influential people in the kingdom of god and um i'd put pastor eddie and amanda turner right there with them um and, and spirit and love and compassion and, and teaching the word of God. I mean, it's just remarkable. So I say all that to say, if you don't like the preaching today, come back next Sunday. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If you don't like it, come back next Sunday. Don't blame it on me as a student pastor, all right? <laughs> so you got to give me a break. Um, and so I got to give a shout out to just, again, our team, our staff, uh, Pastor John and Katie Capshaw, Pastor Liz, um, Kev Dog, Kevin Morrison, Justin Siegel, Katie Capshaw back there doing, Jamie, John Green, just a whole, the whole team here is just amazing, volunteers, and John and Katie and Liz and Kev were with us this weekend, and we just had just such a great time in the presence of the Lord, and just really, really believing the best is yet to come, amen, really believe it. I'm over in Exodus, in the book of Exodus, if you want to turn over there, like I said, we need the Word of God like never before. In our age, in our time, that's why it's so critical that we continue to honor his word. In moments like this, you take notes, you listen, you you are uh, absorbing what is being taught. Um, again, if you missed the past few Sundays, go back and watch those messages that Pastor Eddie has continued to just deliver every single week. But I want to I talk about um, just a simple thought, a concept, a message that hopefully you leave here. Um, change, I believe it is a word not just for our church, but it is a word for the church and i don 't say that braggadociously, i don 't say that with arrogance. I say that with a lot of humility. I say that with just a lot of honor that God would choose me to deliver this word to you today. Never stop dreaming. Never stop dreaming, never stop dreaming. Never stop dreaming. We know the story of Joseph as it's coming to the end, the book of Genesis. And Joseph was such a mighty man of God. Many theologians would say Joseph was maybe, as an Old Testament character, most resembled Christ. um, In his character, and his integrity, in the way that he was able to model um, just the Christ-like behavior, even in the Old Testament. And so, here is... Joseph, and he has these dreams, and he walks with integrity. And he's faced with all kind of obstacles from family, from culture. And God uses him in a mighty way to save nations through famine. Because of his dream, because of his interpretation of dreams, because he was just so open to being used by God. Unfortunately, when we get to Exodus we come across some words that are, for me, troubling. Exodus chapter 1, verse 6 through 10. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. Verse 7, but their descendants and the Israelites had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Verse 8, eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. They will escape from the country. Here was Joseph predicting the times. I mean, like, it was, it was like he had... He had all the the ability to see what was coming before it happened and interpret it and make plans and make the adjustments to sustain through such incredibly difficult times. Yet I see now in these these opening words in the book of Exodus, no dreaming. As much as he was like this prophet, there's nothing telling us, no, no warning, no 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 instruction right here in these passages. And I just want to share several thoughts with you. And then we're going to pray. And I believe you're going to leave here changed. Can you say amen? amen. If you want it, you'll come and get it, right? And so Jesus, so Joseph foresaw all, all, the, all, so many things. And then for some reason, I just don't see the dreamer anymore. It's because sometimes when we see God... Fulfill dreams, we tend to stop dreaming for the next generation. Because Joseph saw his dreams fulfilled, but what about the descendants' dreams? Are you hearing me today? God had fulfilled the dreams that he had seen, that he had received, but now there has to come a point in our walk. Within Christendom that we begin to not only just dream for ourselves, but, begin, but, we, but we begin to dream for the next generation. And then the next generation that we see the repercussions of our actions and our lives and our stewardship of our lives have an effect from one generation to the next. Just because God did something miraculous does not mean God is done doing something Miraculous. God may have sustained the people through Egypt, but God never intended them to stay in Egypt. You and I need to be diligent in victories as we are in defeats. Do not sit back just because you've seen God answer a prayer. Stay faithful until all dreams come to pass. And God may have led you to a system that got you through a season, but it wasn't the system that saved. It was his voice that saved. God would never want you to trust in something that doesn't last. Could it be that at times we become more affectionate with how God did something more rather than who God is? Could it be that times we become more affectionate with how God, how God did something rather than who God is? And God never does something in one generation that he does not want it to be exponentially great for the next generation. And I'm thankful for the revivals of the past and the moving of the Spirit in the past and the things that have transpired in the past. But I need some people to begin to rise up within the kingdom of God and say, i got a dream for the next generation. i got a dream for my son, and i got a dream for my daughter, and i got a dream for my grandchildren. And I know people are saying it's going to get bad, but i got this sense that there is going to be some glorious days ahead for the people of God. Because we serve a good God. How do I I know this? How do I know this? Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 through 18. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me, if not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will Will be blessed all because you have obeyed me. What God has spoken, it will come to pass, and nothing can stop it. <laughs> nothing can stop him. Nothing ever has, nothing ever will. I got to give Joseph some credit. Genesis chapter 50. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the ripe age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers. Yeah, 110, yeah, you ain't kidding. (laughs) I'm sorry. But God will surely come to you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. You're never too old to stop dreaming. You're never too old to stop declaring the goodness of God for the next generation. I don't care if you felt like you missed it. I don't care if you felt like for three generations you messed it up. If you still got breath in your lungs, you have an opportunity to get in line with the word of God and declare the goodness of God for the sons and daughters that are rising up to move this thing forward. He will bring... He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Over to Exodus chapter chapter 2. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby. Say special. Anybody got a special baby? Anybody got a, anybody got a special? Anybody got like a, a special baby? <laughs> I know my baby's special. <laughs> like and, I, and I'm not saying it in a nice way. <laughs> some of us got special babies, and some of us got special babies. Uh, and so I love how scripture says, says she saw that he was a special baby. She kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank the Nile River, the baby sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. She felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Do you see something special in the next generation? Because I sure do know we got a long laundry list of lines of just what's wrong. And you might not tout about it in certain settings or you might tout about it in other settings. But I want to tell you it takes people who see potential to make a difference. And I'm thankful for the criticism. I'm thankful for the correction. I'm thankful for the discipline. I'm thankful for All of those kind of things. But at some point, one generation has to look at another generation and say, I see potential. I see something special. I see something possible that has never been possible. She saw that this baby was special. She saw that he was unique, that he was set apart. And man, oh man, I need moms and dads and leaders and pastors and people of all walks of life, to begin to invest in the next generation and the potential that they have because the possibility is deliverance, as we see in Scripture. But I want to tell you, the next generation can't do that unless a former generation begins to call out the anointing and the power that they have capable of accessing within the kingdom of God. I love this because um, if we fail to see the potential of the next generation, we will abort delivering power. She's just a baby, but she saw something special. She may may not have been able to completely articulate every little thing and prophesy every little thing that was going on, but she saw that he was special. Sometimes that's all you need to do to invoke the will of God to be manifested in someone's, someone's life. She wrapped him and papyrus reads and tar and pitch, as I begin to study this, begin to realize these are the same kind of materials back in this time frame that they used to write on. They used to inscribe letters and messages and words and record. And, and as I begin to ponder that, I was like, that's fascinating. That's the same thing that held him and put him down the river. It's the same thing they used to write on to deliver messages and letters. And then I begin to think. And as I was, this is just my theory, I felt like I received it from the Lord very quickly. It's become just such a model and a mantra for me personally within my home and with my children. But I got to wrap my babies in the Word. I got to wrap my babies in the Word. I got to wrap my children in the Word. I got to wrap my students in 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 my student ministry in the Word of God. It's because when we wrap them in the word of God, and then we, we, we lay them in the river. It gives them the structure to survive. So, so many things we can talk about. It's, it's kind of my life verse out here on the wall. Psalm 1, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around the sinners or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Psalm forty six four There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the dwelling places of the Most High. And Revelation fourteen two, and I hear a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters. I hear a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters. I hear a voice from heaven, and it's like the sound of many waters. When we wrap our children in the word and we place them within the spirit, his nature, his voice leading, they will be released into their world as deliverers rather than slaves. And if you don't hear anything I say today, hear this. When you wrap them in the word and when you begin to release them in the presence of God, and the spirit of God, you send your children out into culture being deliverers rather than slaves. This is, why, this is why I do everything that I do. This is why I pray. This is why I read the Bible. This is why I do ministry. It's to wrap him in the word. It's to place him in the, in the river of his presence. Because here's the deal. if You can't have one without the other. You cannot have the spiritual depth of God's presence, his nature like we experience in worship, and not have the word of God. And not have good sound che- teaching like we have from Pastor Eddie and Amanda Turner. I believe, this is personal, Pastor Eddie, you can correct me. I believe you got to have the word of God to create the infrastructure to be able to manage the nature of God properly and accurately. Because otherwise it can get real weird real quick. <laughs> and so if you don't have the word of God, if you don't have the structure and the order that, God's wor- that God works, brings, we're gonna have a hard time sustaining the move of the spirit because we are ignorant of, of 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 not staying afloat and drowning in that nature. We wrap our children in the word and place them in the spirit, we will we will release them as deliverers rather than slaves. His word provides understanding for our human nature to properly weigh the waters of his nature. Moses grows up later, he leaves Egypt, he murders somebody, it's getting, it's getting wild. He leaves, he escapes, and I see this and I, and I begin to realize, dude just left Egypt. Like, all these people are slaves and dude just, like, left. Like, it was no big deal. These people were enslaved forever. He just leaves, he's good. He, he comes across some people in distress, some shepherds, he saves them. And their response to, to, to Moses is, an Egyptian saved us, because he looked like an Egyptian. How many know Moses was anything but Egyptian? And I need to talk to some people today and let you know, I don't care what you look like, how do you act like? Is anybody hearing me this morning? I don't care what you look like, what do you act like? And Moses was acting like Jesus. He was saving, he was rescuing, he was delivering. He was saying enough, enough is enough. I, 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 I'm, I'm not okay with, with how things currently are. And so you may look Egyptian, but do you act like a savior? Do you act like Jesus? Do you look like Jesus? Are your behaviors like Jesus? Exodus chapter 2, 23 through 25. Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cry rose up to God and God heard their groaning. He remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I love this verse 25. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. He heard their groanings, their cry, their petitions. And he knew it was time to act. Can we just pray for just a moment? Can you just pray with me? God, we're ready for you to act. We're ready for you to move. God, we hurt. We're confused. We're perplexed, God. We. And God, we don't want to just do things belligerently. We want to do things diligently. And God, we know that there's no better way than your way. And God, we as a company of people collectively now, just in this moment, say, we want you to act, God. We want you to move. We want you to do what only you can do. Would you hear the cry of moms and dads and business owners and, and principals and teachers and and, and community leaders and, and, and godly politicians, and would you begin to hear the cry of, of men and women of God who are dedicated to your word, dedicated to your nature, dedicated in raising the next generation up, who are devoted to you and your ways, would you hear our cries and would you act upon it God? And we know you will because that's what your word says. And you've never gone against your word. You've always been a man of your word. God, forgive our sins. Forgive us of our malice. Forgive us of hate. Forgive us that we look like like Egyptians and even acted like Egyptians. But God, no matter what we look like, we are determining today, we are going to start acting like what you've called us to be. And who you say that we are. And you say that we're special. You didn't send us here just to get by. You didn't send us on the earth in this hour and this time just to survive. You sent us here to lead to God and to point people to the cross and to point people to you and to point people to a better way and God when we don't know a way we know that you're the way and when we don't have the answer we know that you're the answer come on can you in your own words just say that it doesn't have to be anything crazy but just God would you begin we're ready to see you God we're ready to hear you Jesus We're thankful that you are true to your promises, God. We're thankful that you didn't just come to save us from hell, but you saved us for heaven. And we're not going to be in heaven talking about, man, I know it's probably really bad back there. We're just going to be ascribing your name, glory. And we're just going to be just completely enthralled with the goodness of your nature, with the robust dynamic pressure of your love for us just right there we as you were just kind of in a solemn posture first peter 2 19 says but you are a chosen people you're a royal priest you're a holy nation god's very own possession and as a result you can show others the goodness of god for he called you out of darkness into wonderful light Colossians chapter 3 says this. Why don't you just go ahead and stand with me? I just want to pray a blessing over you by way of scripture. If you just want to close your eyes, get in a posture, whatever that looks like, putting your hands out. An apostle of receiving, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heaven, heavenly realities, and not with distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as for Christ himself, is seen for who he really is. Who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. And live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who died to disease and desires of forbidden things, including desires of wealth which is the essence of idol worship, when you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, lying, lay aside your old With this masquerade and disguise. For you have acquired a new creation life. Which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one. Who created you. Giving you the full revelation of God. There is no difference. Of your ethnicity, education, economic status. They matter nothing. For it is Christ that means everything, as He lives in every one of us. You are always and dearly loved by God. So rove yourself with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. And be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable and patient with others tolerate the weaknesses of those in the, in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ if you find fault with someone release the same gift of forgiveness to them, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues, love becomes the mark of true maturity, let your heart be always be guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with songs and with festive praises and with prophetic songs, giving to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. And lastly, let every activity of your lives, every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because what Christ has done for you. Come on, can you lift those hands? Can you lift those hearts? Can you give God something genuine today? Come on, we're going to walk in the love, in the light, in the grace in the mercy and in the power of God Almighty because what He has paid for, He's avail- He's made available for us and to us. And God died for us so that He could live in us. God died so He could live in me, so He could live through me. I'm done with my preferences. I'm done with my opinion. I'm done with your opinion. I want his opinion. I want his word. I want what he want, What He has to say. I'm done with the news. I'm done with all of that. I'm being more devoted to his word than ever before. You need to make that declaration today. Come on, lift those hands. And just give him his heart. I'm just talking to God. I'm just letting you in on it. God, I want to be more devoted to your word than ever before. I refuse to allow what you did to be what you've done. Because what you want to do is not like what you used to do. And what you want to do right now is unlike anything that we've ever seen or experienced. God, don't allow me to be religious. Don't allow me to be set back and just think about the good old days. Because the best is yet to come. We choose to believe it by faith today if faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God we hear your word that we're chosen that we're set apart and God we're asking today that you would light it up that you would light up the world with your goodness that you would light up the world with your love that you would light up the world and extinguish all darkness come on lift those hands let's declare it and sing it together you can do it Jesus you can do it, God. And we believe it. And God, we're going to wrap ourselves in the Word and we're going to trust your Word and the Spirit of your Word. We love you. Today. Come on, just lift those hands. Lift those hearts today. Come on, let's sing it together with all of our hearts, with trust and you, can light it up. you can Covenant between God and every living creature on earth. And God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow, the sign of the covenant, I'm confirming all the creatures on earth. The same material. For Moses is the same material, the tar and the pitch that was on the ark, that was used to build the ark. word that will get us through, friend. It's the word that will get you through. When you feel it, when you don't feel it, the word will get you through. Because it's his word. And I couldn't help but just, maybe you, some of you may have seen it yesterday. We got back from youth conference, and there was a rainbow on a property. I'm not kidding you. I'm not trying, trying to hype you up. I'm just telling you, it was the most defined rainbow I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the pictures don't do it justice. I didn't have Justice Siegel or Kev Dog with me to help me with some, you know, with some picture skills. But it was on the property. And I felt I felt like an old soul Pastor John. I got emotional. <laughs> I got emotional over a rainbow. about what God said to me several years ago studying this passage about the rainbow and the promise he spoke to me he said son there's some things that you've gone through when you see the rainbow it's a reminder that you'll never go through them again there's some things that you go through and God gives you a reminder and says son Never go through again. I don't know about you, but I've been through a couple things, and I'm thankful for the promise that I'm not. I know there's. I know there's going to be difficult. I know there's going to be trying times. I know there ain't going to be a parking spot where I want. You know, I like. I know it's going to be. I know the. Yeah. But I'm thankful today that there's some things that I ain't never going through again. I ain't never going through again, and it ain't because of me. It ain't because of my righteousness. It's not because of works, but it's because of his blood. It's because of his sacrifice. Come on, one more time. Can you just lift those hands and just receive that today? His promise. He is true to his covenant. God, I'm thankful today that there are some things that I've been through. I'm thankful that you have have made that promise. Man has not made that promise because man can't keep their word. But you have have made that promise and you're going to keep your word. For every person watching online, wherever you're at, we pray this blessing over you. We ask that this again, we want this to be in your homes. We want this to be in your families. want this to be in your businesses. We want this to be in your finances. We want want the blessing of God to just permeate every single thing about your life. Lord, we honor you. We honor your word. And God, we're going to leave here with renewed confidence that you are for us and not against us. We're thankful for your word. We are thankful for the teaching of your word that creates moments like this. It's not just because of my preaching. It's because of your word. And it's because of the years and years of your word being taught, being structured, being built in this place by wonderful, God-fearing leadership that allows us to experience your love in your presence. Come on, can you just give God one more hand clap, shout of praise. Love you today Jesus. It is always an honor to be in this pulpit. Again I know I've said it before. I'm not trying to get brownie points or none of that kind of stuff. This is just how I am. I love to honor people and there's no nobody I love to honor than this guy that's not here this Sunday who I know is preaching an incredible word in Cookville and so um, just so thankful for God lately. well, and I, I, I just, I just want to reassure you, moments like this happen because we have the Word, because we have the structuring of God's Word, that we get to experience His goodness, and it's correct, and it's accurate, and it's healthy, and that way we can continue to not just have flippant moments in the Spirit, but we have sustaining moments in the Spirit. Because God wants it to last. God doesn't want you to just have an emotional hair stand up on the back of your head experience. He wants you to have a sustaining experience that goes from one generation to the next generation. Amen. Men's ministry this Friday night. We're going to be in here having a good time. I'm preaching. I'm going to try to do a good job. And uh, we're going to have a wonderful time. That's going to be this Friday. So make sure to join us. I got to give a plug, of course, for Wednesday night because that's what I do. It's game day for me on Wednesday, and we have a great time. We have fun. We have we have a, a deep time in God's presence and word, and we got wonderful leaders that we just have just a great time here on Wednesday nights. We, we do all the healthy precautions. We're, we're doing all the things that are required to make sure it's healthy um, and safe. We have a, a special guest speaker who was who actually spoke at conference. He's going to be here this Wednesday. And so I just encourage you parents, um, if maybe there's times where it's just you missed, I'm just really, really encouraged you. don't want to miss this Wednesday. It's going to be special. Pastor Brooks Till is going to be with us. He spoke at a conference and it was amazing. And so he's going to be with us this Wednesday. It's going to be a special time. And again, be back next Sunday. Word of God is going to be taught. We're going to get a direction and experience the love of God. Don't forget, if you fill out those Connect cards, step back here to my left, your right, to our info table. we got a gift for you, especially if you're a first-time guest. We are so honored and thankful that you chose to be with us. And uh, we just got a special gift for you as you come back and, and uh, hand off that Connect card. And um, I think that's it. Don't forget the tie and offering buckets are at the door as you exit. I don't think I'm forgetting anything else. We're good. All right, we love you, FWC. You're dismissed.